Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Hey men, welcome to the cafe, welcome to the program. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad you're with us at the cafe today. I'm telling you, the coffee is hot and it is sunny outside. A little cool, but sunny outside. So I'll take that. Amen. I love a nice sunny day. And we are diving into God's word because we understand that all good things come from God. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than his word. Amen. Uh, his word, because I was going to say, but Jesus, but Jesus is called the word in the Bible. So there's nothing better than the word of God. Amen. Than Jesus Christ and his word. We are smack dab just about, I'd say a little more than halfway through Genesis chapter two. And we're on Genesis chapter two, verse 18, verse 18. And I'm going to read this because it's a very critical verse, a very pivotal verse, uh, like, like so many are here in Genesis. Is Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And that word meat is not M-E-A-T, like a piece of meat, but meat M-E-E-T, like a help necessary for him, a help complimentary for him. Amen. And so we see here in the middle of Genesis to give this context that God has created heaven and earth, uh, middle of Genesis two, I should say, not the whole chapter, but the middle of Genesis two, God's created heaven and earth. He's created the creation. He's created the garden of Eden. It is splendid. It is amazing. It's beautiful. And God puts Adam smack dab in the middle and says, you, sir, are going to tend to this garden. And as Adam's there tending to the garden, God says what? It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Of course, he had warned man not to eat of the tree of good, of knowledge of good and evil, because he would surely die. It's already been warned of that. And it's going to come down to God helping man to not be alone. And so we see here, what are we introducing? What's God introducing? Woman, woman. And it starts with the Lord God said. And so we see here in Genesis 2, verse 18, the creating power of God. You know, yes, God is creative. And yes, God is sovereign, right? But we see he is creating, okay? So when you look at a beautiful woman, right? When you look at a beautiful woman, you can say God created her. And by the way, that beauty really, the Bible teaches us, is on the inside. And we'll get to the biblical profile of a beautiful woman a little bit later here. But you know what? You look at a beautiful woman, God created the woman. God, The Lord said, we see here again, by him saying, by, by, by the Lord speaking, by the word of God, creation occurs. We see that again and again. And so many people, I believe, gloss over that. That the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. See, before man could probably even figure this out, God had already figured it out, amen, that man shouldn't be alone. God is that good and that wonderful that he knows what man needs before man even knows what he does, you know, what he needs or what he doesn't have, amen. 
I've always heard it said, you know, before you pray, God already knows your need. He just wants to hear you pray and ask him. And I believe that's true. You know, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit, for the saved, those that have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, uh, the Holy Spirit utters to God words and things that we can't even express as we pray. And so not only does God know before we even pray, but God knows so much that the third part of God, the third part of the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, is actually within us uttering those things. And there are times where I'll literally pray to God, I'll say, Lord, thank you, and Lord, uh, uh, you know, help me. And then I'll just say, Lord, I, I don't even know the word, you know, and I'll be frustrated or stressed or tired or angry or whatever. But I'm, I mean, it's okay to pray that because God knows, God knows, amen. He knows better than we know. And so what we're going to do here today is we're going to take a little bit of a look as to why God created woman and how a woman is to be complementary to the man, not necessarily the same as a man. Uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. Uh, thank you so much. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right, here we are. Genesis 2, 18. Not good that man is alone. God was his friend and creator, but an earthly companion, there was none at the time. So God says this isn't good. God recognizes it. As we mentioned before the break, that God knows our needs before we even know them. And this idea of a counterpart, you know, when you read about Genesis 2.18, you read about the Bible scholars, you know, what their commentary is, what they say about it. Uh, you know what? You know what it says? That, that the woman was to be a, a complement to the man, a counterpart, a help. You know, we see in the scripture, you don't even need a commentator here. When you look in the scripture, it says a help meet for the man, M-E-E-T, like meant for the man, suitable for the man. Uh, and, and it doesn't say man, it says him, but that's the same, right? Suitable for him, suitable for the man. That's who God was creating. Our differences are what makes us stronger. You know, think of a marriage, a good marriage. My wife and I have been married, uh, it'd be 11 years in July. So whatever that is now, something like over 10 and a half years. We have a great marriage. And I can say this, we've always had a great marriage. My wife says we're in the honeymoon phase. She'll tell people that. 10 plus years later, we're in the honeymoon phase. Why? Because we put God first, and that's a big lesson. We'll get into it in a little bit. And also, we're very different. You know, I'm entrepreneurial. Uh, I, I'm somewhat of an extrovert, not as much as I used to be, but still somewhat of one. Uh, I'm from a big city, on and on, all these things. She's more of an introvert, more of a homebody. She's very risk adverse. Uh, not that she's not entrepreneurial, but she's very risk adverse. Uh, she's from the country. Uh, she's a tiny little thing, you know, so we're definitely opposites physically. You know, I'm a big, tall guy and she's a little, little lady, <laughs> uh, with a big personality. <laughs> Don't make her mad or the, or you'll see that she's actually a big, big inside, but, uh, man, we're just, we get along great and we're so different. And here's the point. I'm not just bragging on my wife or bragging on our marriage. The point of this is God gets all the glory and we shouldn't try to put woman in man's shoes all the time. Now, I'm not somebody that thinks, oh, the woman can't work or any of these other things. My wife works for some big big corporation and so forth. Uh, and thank God she does. You know, we need all the help we can get. Amen. Me being full-time in the ministry, I'm telling you, uh, yes, I have business, businesses and little things here and there, but we really depend on, especially for health insurance. I'm not one that 
you know, advocate, oh, women can't work, but I advocate that women shouldn't try to be like men and men shouldn't try to be like women, that, that God made man in a certain way and God made women in a certain way. And these, these ways complement each other. Creator God, creative God, engineer God, author of all mankind God knows what works together. And that these differences, and again, our relationship is very much, we are very different and we just get along like peas and carrots. We just get along as good as can be. We, we are just like best friends here. We are, uh, we spend so much time around each other. We're, we, we're very close. And I believe number one, that's by putting God first, but number two, our differences work well together. And yet young people, they're trying to meet somebody maybe that, they think is just like them, you know, uh, or maybe the culture is screaming that, that woman should be just like a man and a man should be just like a woman. And these weird, uh, things are occurring where people are dressing up like men and men are dressing up like women. That's a confusion. You know, the devil in the Bible is called a pervert. He's called the father of lies because he perverts the truth. He confuses man. Amen. And what we see here is God created woman to help man. And trust me, I promise you, I'm going to get to scripture that tells man to love the woman. And it never even tells woman to love the man, because when the man loves the woman, the woman's going to reciprocate. Right. And so I'm not one of these that again, thinks the man is, oh, so, so superior to woman, not at all. Uh, and in fact, it, they're just made different. You know, if you, if you know, uh, the, the, if you read about the biology of women, they have greater stamina than men often. Uh, I mean, look at carrying pregnancy is something that's incredible. They, a lot of times they have a higher pain threshold. Um, women often perform very well on the job, many times above, uh, average or above what a man would perform on many jobs. I mean, like, I'm not saying that women should be only in this box or only in that box. But at the same time, what's happened in our world today is the pervert has came in, the father of lies, amen, the little G God of this world has come in and made people get confused about these roles. And the original creation was earth first, right? Then animals and vegetation, then man, right? Then woman. And and, and they're all complementing each other. So man has you know, dominion over the garden, over the animals and so forth. And man is alone and man uh, is lonely in some respects. And God says, here you go. Here is woman. And when he introduces the woman, what happens? Now we have a path to uh, cre uh, procreation. Now we have a path to regeneration. We have a path to uh, sustaining life beyond the original creation because of the reproduction that happens between a man and a woman. And if you need any more proof that a man should be with a woman and it shouldn't be two women or two men, you need any more proof, look at God's reproductive plan, okay? You look at God's reproductive plan, I don't need to go any further than that, and you'll understand how God made things, that's how God intended to make them. And he didn't intend to make them any different, okay? That's how re reproduction works, amen? So we see here, that God loves his creation so much that in comfort, uh, in, in help, he brings apart a, a the woman. Amen. He says, not good that man's going to be alone. And we see in uh, Proverbs 31, this is often known as the, the, the proverb for women, uh, talk about a virtuous woman, a woman, 
uh, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. And I don't know if we'll have time to get through it all, but I'm going to read a little bit of it here. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. So her husband trusts her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You see that commitment there? She seeketh wool and flax and worketh diligently, or excuse me, worketh willingly with her hands. So she's working. She is like the merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. So this is an entrepreneurial woman. This is an enterprising woman. This is a woman that is working. Amen. This is a woman that is buying land. This is a strong woman. Let's see in verse 17 of Proverbs 31. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle candle goeth not out by night. She's working hard, amen. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. So a godly woman is a giving woman, amen. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. And those things represent uh, uh, luxury, really, in the Old, uh, Old Testament, the Bible, and so forth. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Again, she's not at home. She's selling to them. You know, she's, she's a merchant. Amen. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She's strong and honorable. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Wow. I mean, I could go on and on. you got to look up Proverbs 31, read the whole thing. You'll see in the latter part there, it talks about a virtuous woman. And that is exactly who God created in the Garden of Eden. God created that woman because that's written by Solomon, who God gave wisdom to. He's the wisest man to ever live. That, that there in Proverbs, written by Solomon. And so God created that woman for man in the Garden of Eden, and that man then is for the woman. And in the next episode here, we're going to get to Scripture from the New Testament, from Paul's writings, about how men should love their wives and so forth, and how this co-equal relationship works, amen, and how wonderful a good relationship is and how godly a good relationship is, and how we give praise and honor to God for that help and that love that we receive, and how often in the world things are so switched up and crazy and perverted that we never get this far. So thank God for his word. Thank God that he gives us these principles that we can hold on to dearly. So tune in next time, please do, so we get to the next part here. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless, and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.